Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Today's series is Prayer. You're probably praying wrong. Featuring Michael Davis. Well, I want to start today with a question, okay? Let's look at this question. The question is, is when do you pray, where do you pray, and who do you pray to? And when you pray, where, where is it that you do it? And why is it that you do it? And what is it that you say when you pray? I want you to think about that question for a little bit. Little bit. Unfortunately, the guys who rode with me to men's retreat, I used them as examples, and I asked them these questions in the car, and all they said is, hmm, interesting. So I'm sorry, guys, your, your stories are going to come up a lot in this sermon today, but think about that just for a minute. When you pray, why do you pray? And where do you pray? And what do you pray? And to who do you pray to? You know, the disciples, they had an interesting experience with Jesus. They traveled with Jesus for, for roughly three years, maybe three and a half years. They're traveling with Jesus. And the, and the disciples, they're young men. I mean, they're between they're 18, they're in their 20s, and they're following this you know, 33-year-old man who claims to be the Son of God. And they notice something interesting about Jesus. They notice that Jesus prays differently than how they pray. Which made sense because when they grew up, being Jewish boys, they, they recited prayers that they learned. They, they memorized prayers. There were prayers in the Psalms that, that they were taught. And so they would just recite memorized prayers or prayers that their parents taught them or prayers that, you know, that they had seen the teachers of the law pray. And so they just cited these memorized prayers. But they saw that when Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed completely differently than them. They prayed, Jesus prayed in a totally different way. And so one day, they mustered up the courage to ask Jesus a question. And perhaps it's a question that if Jesus was in front of you, you would ask Jesus too. And this is the question. Luke tells us about it because one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, will you teach us how to pray like you pray? Now, that's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, that's just an interesting thing to want to know. I mean, have you ever been interested in wanting to learn how to pray? I mean, as a pastor, I've never been asked that question. I'll be honest with you. That's one question I've never been asked. And I've been asked a lot of weird questions. But one question I've never been asked is, hey, hey, pastor, how do you pray? Let me ask you a different question. Hey, if somebody saw you praying, a complete stranger, somebody off the street, somebody saw you praying and they came up to you and they said, hey, that was interesting. Could you teach me how to do that? Could you teach me how to pray? What would you say? Or let me put it a little bit different way. Let's say you were praying and somebody saw you praying and they came up to you and they said, hey, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, but you're doing that wrong. You should really seek an expert and learn how to pray. You'd be a little offended, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd be a little taken back. You'd be a little offended. You'd be a little upset. You'd be saying, hey, don't, 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 don't judge my prayer, right? Well, I've got a spoiler alert for you. You're going to be very offended in the midst of this series. For this five-week series, you are going to be very offended. And I know that sometimes you're going to be offended at me, but don't be offended at me. Don't kill the messenger, all right? These are Jesus' words. That's purely what I'm taking is Jesus' words on prayer and using them to teach us how to pray. But here's who you should be offended by or who you should be mad at. Is that Sunday school teacher? Is that Catholic school? Is that class who taught you how to pray and didn't tell you how to pray the right way? 
But here's what's going to make sense in the midst of this series. And, and, and I think this is going to resonate with every single one of us. Because no matter what stage you are in, in your faith journey, whether you're not yet a Christian, or you are a Christian, or you've, you've been a Christian for a year, or you've been a Christian for 60 years, I think this is really going to blow our mind. And we could all agree that at times, every single one of us have been a bit skeptical about prayer. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that there have been times where you've been a bit skeptical on prayer? Let's be honest for a minute. Let's be down to earth. Isn't it true that sometimes when you pray, it feels like you've, you're going up to the ATM and you're trying to remember what the right pin number is? Isn't that true? Isn't it true that sometimes what prayer feels like is it feels like you're going over to the wishing well with your quarter, your prayer, and you look at all the other quarters in the wishing well. You look at all the other prayers that have been prayed. And you go, wow, I hope when I flip this coin in that mine gets answered like some of these have. Isn't that true? Isn't it true that honestly, sometimes you've just looked up to God and you've said, God, I don't think it works. It doesn't work. Prayer, it just doesn't work. And sometimes you've shared that with a Christian or somebody who's, who's been on that faith journey, and what has their response been to you? Their response to you is, well, something is wrong with you. Well, let me tell you something. Here, here's why that prayer didn't get answered is because you just, you don't have enough faith, brother. If something's wrong with you, you just, you just don't believe. You just, you just don't have enough faith. And let me tell you something. That person was wrong for telling you that. Because it's not your faith. It's not because you're an imperfect person. It's not because of some secret sin in your life. That's not why your prayer didn't get answered. And really, that person who told you that needs to be told that there's actually something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you, but there might be something wrong with your prayer. Because you're right. There are some prayers that just don't work. And that's the truth. So... Here's what I want you to do during this five-week series. During this five-week series, I want you to forget everything you've ever thought about prayer. Everything you've ever been thought, ever thought, everything you've ever been taught, I just want you to throw it out the window. I want you to be like students that the disciples were. I want all of us to pretend for the next five weeks, we are just curious individuals who have come to Jesus and said, Jesus I'm forgetting everything I know. I'm forgetting everything I've been taught. And Jesus, I'm asking you, how do I pray? And if you do that with me for the next five weeks, I promise you, some of your questions will be, get answered. But for the first time, maybe in your life, you will witness the power of prayer. So the disciples, they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, how is it that we are supposed to pray? And Jesus, in typical Jesus form, tells them what not to do before he tells them what to do. And so this is what Jesus says. Matthew writes this down for us. It's the same situation that Luke wrote down. So both Luke and Matthew write down these occurrences. And so Matthew, what he tells us is Jesus said this. He says, when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now this is going to be so helpful and great for so many of you. Because as a pastor, you know, and as I grew up as a pastor's kid, I saw so many times where my dad asked somebody to pray. 
And they said, ain't no way, I'm praying, all right? Like, you're the pastor. You're the professional prayer. I've been told that before. You know, I hate, I hate getting invited over for meals because I just I can feel it coming. I just know at some point, whether it's a family function or it's a barbecue or something, they're like, well, food's ready. And somebody's got to pray. Okay, yeah, you're looking at the professional prayer, right? Like I went to prayer school or something like that. That's right. It was right next to Hogwarts. No, all right? But here's the thing. Here's the good news is that God does not appreciate a grandstanding prayer. He says, I don't want that. He goes, those people who stand on the street corner and they wave and they shout and they get everybody's attention and they give this grand speech, he says, that's not what I'm about. And then he says to him next, he says, truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. The people who give the grandstanding prayers, people who give the prayers that you look at them and you go, man, I wish I could pray like them. Do you know what they get from God? Nothing. Because their reward and the only reward they're going to get is what they just got. The applause of the audience. The, oh, good job, two thumbs up, five stars, ten out of ten. That is the only reward that they will get. So then, how is it that we are supposed to pray? I'm so, so glad you asked. So next, as we go on, he says, but when you pray, go into your room. Now, wait just a minute. If we went around the room and I said, hey, tell me when you pray. Okay, let's just say, you know, for instance, I was driving in the car with three guys yesterday and I asked them this question, you know, and I said, hey, guys, when do you pray? And most of you, you would say, you know, I well, I I pray in my car. I pray in traffic. Blair and Joy FM. I turn off that devil music Metallica and I turn on my Joy FM. I'm such a good Christian. And, you know, and I do it in my car. I do it in my shower. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who. Somebody might have said, I do it on the toilet, which is really weird. And I am going to talk to their wife after church. Um, you know, I do it at the ball game. I do it at school. I do it at, I do it at work. What if I said to you that when you pray, you can't do it in traffic, listening to Joy FM? What if I said to you, when you pray, there is no way you can do it at work? Let me really blow your mind for just a minute. What if I said... That the prayer that I just prayed before I came up here to speak to you today doesn't even count for you. You would be offended and you would be upset. But this is what Jesus says. When you pray, go into your room. And then he says this. And then he says, and close the door. Wait a minute. You mean I need to isolate myself? I need to cut myself off from everybody. I need to be alone. I need to be in the quiet. You mean I can't have Joy FM blaring in the background? You know, I, you mean I can't just go about my day walking around cooking and cleaning and working and, and paying my bills and doing all my things and pray while I do that? You mean I can't pray on the treadmill at Club Fitness? You mean I can't pray with other people around just in my head? You mean even praying at church isn't the best form of prayer? Again, not what I'm telling you to do. It's just Jesus. And then he goes on. He goes, so when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Now, this is so very important. And as you know, if you don't know, Anchored Hope Church 
is a, uh, is a rehab center for recovering Catholics. It's amen, true. That's, that was our first person we saved from Catholicism. Ah, who do we pray to when we pray? This is a great question. This is a, this is a great beginner question. Who do we pray to when we pray? Do we pray to Jesus? No. Do we pray to Jesus' mama? No. Do we pray to the saints? No. If you were in front of Jesus and Jesus said, who do we pray to? He says, we pray to our unseen Father in heaven. But don't miss this very, very important detail. He's saying, pray to your Father in heaven. Do not pray to God. Do not pray to your king. Do not pray to your judge. Pray to your Father in heaven. Think about that imagery just for a minute. You know what that imagery means? It means that when we come to God to pray, we are praying to him. We're not praying to Jesus or his mama or anybody else. We're praying to God. But when we pray to God, we address him as Abba, Father. We address him as our dad, which means that when we pray, he wants a relationship with us. He wants to be close to us. It's your Father in heaven who you're speaking to. Now, for some of you, that's a great visual. For me, that's a great visual. I, had a, I have a great dad. I love my dad. I have a good relationship with my dad. For some of you, that's perfect. For others of you, that's not. For you right there, that is part of your hang-up about prayer. Because you didn't have a good relationship with your father. Because you didn't know your father. Because he was a dirtbag and he ran off. Or your father abused you. Or your father was not a good person. And you know what? If you came to Jesus and told him that, do you know what Jesus would tell you? He would say, you know what? Your father in heaven knows about that. Your father in heaven understands that. And he wants you to take all of that with you when you pray. All of that hurt, all of that frustration, all of that brokenness. For some people, this is going to be so easy, but for you... I understand how hard this is. And do you know what? When you come to your Father in heaven, you can bring all of that with you. Amen? Here's the thing. To pray to God. To pray to God. In any other image than a Father in heaven may cause you to miss something. This is so important that when we pray, we pray to our Father in heaven. And why is that? Well, why is it that we need to why is it that we need to go into the room? Why is it that we need to shut the door? Why is it that we need privacy? Why is it that we need to eliminate all the distractions? And why is it that when we address him, we have to address him as our Father in heaven? And the reason is this. is The reason is because when we pray, there is an intimacy and a privacy. An intimacy and a privacy. An intimacy and a privacy. When we pray, we are praying to our Father in heaven who wants to communicate to us, who wants to talk to us, who wants to speak to us, who is someone who loves us, who who literally gave his son's life for us so that we could be free, who calls us child of God, who calls us sons and calls us daughters. And when we are talking to somebody like that who loves us and who we intimately love, when we go and we have a conversation with them, there should be intimacy and privacy. Can you really have intimacy and privacy in your car on the way to work, 
dodging traffic with Joy FM blaring in the background? Can you really have intimacy and privacy at work as you're walking with all the things being thrown at you? Can you really have intimacy and privacy when you're walking around and you're going, God, come on, walk with me. I've got to catch you up on some things. So look, this is what's going on. Come on, come on, come on, keep up, keep up, keep up. Can you really do that? Can you really have intimacy and privacy talking to your Father and God in that type of environment? No. And that's why, God, or that's why Jesus says, when you pray to your Father who is unseen, go into a room and shut the door and eliminate every distraction that you possibly can. And then he goes on. And Matthew tells us, and it says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus says, you know, those people who get up and give these grandstand prayers, these mighty, passionate, amazing prayers that make you go, those people, the only reward that they get is the applause of the audience. But let me tell you, if you go into your room and you close the door and you are in, and you are in private where you can say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done with no distractions, with everybody away, you know what your reward is? Your reward is that you are seen by God. Would you like to know, would it help you to know that Jesus definitely heard your prayer? That when you pray, you have been seen and you have been heard by God. Jesus says, well, this is the way to do it. To go into the room and close the door and to pray to your Father in heaven. And then he goes on and he says, and when you pray... Do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. He goes, look, it's not about length, okay? It's not about length. It's not about how big of a word that you can use. Have you ever heard that, right? When you've been at the dinner table and somebody just likes to throw in a fancy word that is, you know is not in their vocabulary. They have never used that word before. When I preach on prayer, one of my favorite clips, if, you know, live stream, we have copyright issues, but from Meet the Parents, where they ask him to pray, you know, and he goes, oh, dear Lord, thank you for this smorgasbord that you have behest upon us, right? I mean, you don't use language like that. You're, you're trying to, like, you're trying to spice it up, right? You're trying to make it sound good. Jesus goes, don't do that. I don't like that. I don't like that babbling. I don't like when people do that. Don't babble on. Don't go on and on. I, I like it short, simple, sweet, and honest. That's the truth. In another place, Jesus gave a parable about prayer. And he talks about, he, he points at, he always pointed at the Pharisees, you know, the professional prayers, the teachers of the law. And he points at the Pharisees and he says, look at them. They're just going on and on and on and on. And he tells this parable of this tax collector who prayed a prayer. In which this was mind-boggling on its own because, I mean, people didn't even think that God heard the prayers of tax collectors because they were sinners. So this was just blew people's minds. I mean, you're telling me that anybody can pray? Not just the professional prayers, but anybody? Even the sinners? And Jesus goes, yeah. And he tells a story. Luke tells us about it. And he says, but the tax collector stood at a distance and he would, he would not even look up to the heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus goes, that prayer, two thumbs up. That is an awesome prayer. And it blew people's minds. Here's the good news for somebody today. It's this. Is that if you hesitate to pray because you don't know what to say, what you say when you pray is far less consequential than if you pray. 
It's not about the words. It's not about the speech. It's not about the length. It's about doing it. It's about being honest. It's about being real. That is what it's really about. And then Jesus goes on and he says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now we're getting to the good stuff. Because if you are smart and you're connecting the dots and you're still awake, you're going, hey, I've read that before. I've heard that before. Or some of you are seeing it for the first time. You're going, wait a minute. So your father knows what you need before you ask him? Okay, if he already knows, your question would be this. Well, then why in the world would I pray? Why pray? Why pray at all? Why would I pray if God already knows what I'm going to say, right? That's a great question. Why would you do that? What's the point of prayer if that the whole time God already knows what it is you're going to say? And isn't that the truth? Isn't the truth that a lot of times when we pray, it's like we're informing God of things he doesn't know yet, you know? And even like when we request to other people to pray, it's like I don't think God Still doesn't know. I prayed about it, but he still doesn't know. So could you guys also let him know so he maybe could hear about this? It's like we're informing God of our needs, our wishes, and our wants. Dear God, I'm not sure if you saw today, but I wrecked the car, and I need it miraculously fixed. And God, I need it to be cheap, right? God, I don't know if you heard what Karen said to me at work. She, she whispered it in my ear so that it, no one else would hear. So I don't know if you heard. But God, this is what's going on in Karen's life. And I just wanted to inform you. I just wanted to let you know. It's like we're updating a blog sometimes. Well, God doesn't need that. Jesus goes, he already knows what you need. And he already knows what's going on. And here's the even better news. He's already been doing something about it before you even asked him. Okay, well then what in the world do I need to do when I pray? Well... It's different than you may think. And so Jesus goes on, and this is what he says. This, then, is how you should pray. And he starts off with this. Our Father in heaven. Again, Jesus says, when you pray, you don't pray to Jesus. You don't pray to Jesus' mama. You don't pray to the saints. He says, you address him as your Father in heaven. Here we are. We are entering into intimacy and privacy with our Father in heaven. And then he says this, hallowed be your name. You know what the point of this is? Jesus' point was this, is that when we pray, we are addressing our heavenly, and Father, heavenly Father who is unseen. But then he says, the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize who we are talking to. We have to stop for a minute, and we have to take a moment, take a pause, and realize that we are talking to the hallowed name of Jesus. We are talking, or we are talking to the holy God, the creator, the beginning and the end, the king of all kings, who has invited us to call him dad. Just think about that for a minute. Think about that. Think of, the, think of the highest office, the most prestigious office you could think of. Think of that person going, you don't have to call me king. You don't need to call me lord of lords. You don't need to call me boss. You just refer to me as dad. Wow. Here I am 
in the presence of the Creator, in the presence of the one who holds the universe in his hands. And he's invited me to call him Father. Wow. Hallowed be your name, Lord. I love this Andy Stanley quote that I found. He said this, he said, When we pause to reflect on who God is, we gain a better understanding of who we are and why we're here. When we pause and say, my heavenly Father, wow, hallowed be your name. Not only do we understand who we are talking to, but we understand who we are. And right then, if that's enough, you understand the need for privacy and intimacy. Can you really give the hallowed name of God the weight that it deserves in your car, listening to music? Can you really give God the hallowed respect that he deserves walking at work and just going, just keep up with me, I got things to do. You know, my wife, when she calls me, if if I'm busy, if I'm in the middle of something, if something's going on, you know, I'll I'll tell tell my wife, hey, hold on, I, I can't hear you, Something's going on around me. I'm distracted right now. And I tell her, I said, let me get to a place where I can call you back. Because I love my wife. And what she has to tell me, it's important. My my just even time to, to talk to her, to communicate to her. That's important to me because she's important to me. And so I make sure that I carve out that time. I make sure I do what I need to to be able to give her that respect, that love, that honor. Man, Jesus goes on, and he says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wait a minute. Your kingdom come? Your will be done? What about my kingdom? What about my will? What about my things? See, the whole reason I came to pray is because I got things going on at work. I got things going on with my health. I got things going on in my life. I got things going on. There's things going on with Karen. That's why I came. What about my stuff? And Jesus goes, well, God already knows about that. Remember what we just said in Matthew 6, 8. Remember? You you can go to that next slide whenever you want. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father already knows. And he's already on the case. So you can wait, okay? He's already got all of that. Not your kingdom come, not your will be done, but God's kingdom come and God's will be done. See, here's the thing. The purpose of prayer is this. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose it. It's to surrender our will, not to impose it. It's coming to your Father in heaven and going, God, you know what's going on in my life. I don't need to inform you. I don't need to use any fancy words to tell you how I feel. You know the words I've said in my head. (laughs) You know the emotions in my heart. Father God, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you because you are holy. You are my God. You are my King. You are my creator, and so I'm coming to you, Dad. I'm coming to you, my Father in heaven. And first and foremost, I would like to know, what is it that you need for your kingdom? What is your will for my life and for the world? And God, is there any way that I am possibly getting in the way of what you want to do in the world? 
Not my will, but yours. See, prayer, prayer is not about moving God, but rather asking God to move you. You're not trying to convince him. Which, hasn't that been how it's felt? When you had somebody in the hospital, when somebody was sick, when something was going on, you felt like you were petitioning, right? Like you were trying to convince God that this was in his best interest. You really should save them. They deserve it. They've earned it. And man, when that prayer goes unanswered, it can really hurt you, can't it? It can really feel personal. It can really hit home. But see, what if it wasn't personal? And what if it wasn't God attacking you? What if the truth is that we prayed the wrong prayer to begin with? That when we prayed that prayer, what we shouldn't have prayed for is what we wanted because God already knew what we wanted. What we really should have prayed for is that we would bend to God's will and that no matter what happened, that God would see things through. And that if we were in the way, that we would get out of the way. Isn't that what Jesus prayed in the garden? Before Jesus was taken and he died on the cross for our sins, before he went through all of that painful torture, when he was in the garden, he looked up at his father and he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cut for me. I mean, Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% human. And he said, man, I'd really not like to go through this. You know that, Lord. But, and there's a huge but, but not my will, not what I want, Not what I'm hoping for, but your will be done. God, not what I want. You already know what I want. I don't even need to tell you what I want. I'm not here to get what I want. I'm here here for your will. I'm here for your way. And I want to know what your kingdom needs. See, if you think about that for a minute, if you just think about that kind of prayer, maybe that's why it hasn't worked before. And see, that's the thing, is if you pray and you treat God like a cosmic vending machine, if when you pray, you treat God like a genie in the bottle, here's the thing, how you pray speaks volumes about what you say about God. How you pray speaks volume about what you say about God. And God is not a cosmic vending machine. And God... It's not a genie in the bottle that you just got to rub the right way. 1990 reference. No, that's not who God is. God is the creator. He is the Lord. He is the beginning and the end. Who has invited you to talk to him like your father in heaven. See, the thing about prayer is this. The whole point of prayer is to recognize and submit. Recognize and submit. Recognize and submit. When I come to the Lord, I'm not preparing a speech. I'm not going on and on. I am coming to my Father in heaven. I am saying, Father in heaven, first and foremost, I recognize who you are and what a privilege and an honor it is to have a relationship with you, to be in your presence, and to speak to you today. And Lord, first and foremost, before I even get to what I want, which you already know, I don't even really even need to tell you, I just want you to know that today I am submitting to your will and your way. 
And I am here to ask you. I have carved out time. I, the kids are still asleep. Uh, the, everything is put away. I'm not working. I'm at home. I'm in my room. Everything is quiet. I'm completely by myself. I have carved out this time, and I am fully available to you to listen to what you want for my life. Your will, not mine. And I am ready to submit to it. Do you think your prayer life would be different if you went about it that way? Wouldn't it be comforting to know that God hears your prayers? And wouldn't it be comforting to know that when you pray, you're not coming to just get something from God and take it and run, but that you were there to hear from your Father in heaven and that your Father in heaven is willing and ready to give, tell you what it is that he wants for your life, which is not just in his best interest, but is in yours too. And just to add on to this, how many times is it that we run to God with an emergency prayer, a fire alarm prayer, God, I'm in trouble, save me now. How less would we get to that place if we started every day recognizing and submitting to the will of God? How many fire alarm prayers would we avoid if we began every single day in silence with the door shut, away from everybody else, recognizing who we are talking to and submitting to his will? It'd be a game changer, wouldn't it? So here's what I want to challenge you to do. First of all, if, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, I, I want to challenge you this week. You have seven days, six, six, seven mornings until we see each other again. I want to challenge you to carve out time. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be any time. I want to challenge you to carve out time to go into a room and shut the door and to pray the way that Jesus is teaching us to pray. To go into your room and to pray, Father God, I am here. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you have in store for us in heaven, I'm asking for it here. Your kingdom is available here on this earth. What is it that you need me to do? And to carve out that time and to let God speak to you. And for those of you who aren't Christian or who don't pray, maybe you gave up on prayer because you thought, this doesn't work. And you're right. Some forms of prayer don't work. And now you know why. But what I would challenge you to do is to try praying again. Try prayer again and try it the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Not the way they taught you to pray. Not the way you thought you should pray. But to pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray. To recognize and submit. To recognize and to submit. To put yourself in an intimate and private place. To be with your Father in heaven who is unseen. So this morning as we end, I'm going to invite the band to come back up and we're going to sing a song together. And of course, now everybody is wondering how in the world I'm going to pray at the end of service like I always do. I know what you're doing. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to allow you to pray. And we're just going to have time of prayer, which for some of you, you're like, oh, shoot, I just came back to church. 
It's okay. You pray the way that you want to pray. This is your time. And again, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be special. It doesn't have to be as intimidating as it may seem. You know, for us here, any way that you feel like is appropriate to talk to your Father and God, we, we, we want to see that happen. You know, we, we, we still have those altars over there. And everybody always asks me, why do we have altars? Because you know what? The reason we used to kneel before God is because that was our sign of surrendering our will to the Father. Surrendering what we wanted so that we could put ourselves in the position to hear what He wants. That's why we bow our heads. That's why we close our eyes. It's our physical sign of surrendering to God. And I think sometimes when I pray, you just listen to my prayer. Sometimes you even compliment me on the, my prayer, which is really weird. Because it's not intended to be a speech. It's not anything written down. It's not anything planned. It's just my heart pouring out to God through a microphone. But I want to give you a moment to pray. And again, maybe you just sit there and you bow your head. You close your eyes. Maybe you simply literally pray the words of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you know a lot of how the rest goes. Maybe you do need to go over to those altars over there. Maybe you need to turn around in your chair and, and take a knee. I don't know. That's up to you. It's between you and God. But I just want to take two minutes, two minutes, to give you here in person and for those who are watching live on Facebook today or on another day, I want to just give you a moment to pray and to, for you to talk to your Heavenly Father who is unseen. So go ahead. Father God, it is an honor and a privilege to speak to you today, to be in your presence. Father, this morning, we recognize that you know everything going on in our life. You've seen our past, you know our future. You know what we're feeling, what we're thinking, where we're hurting, where we're happy, where we're sad, what we need. I don't have to tell you about any of that. Father God, what we are here to do this morning, some of us for the first time, is to surrender to you. God, your kingdom come and your will be done. God, whatever you want to do with my life and in my life and in the situations that I'm in, 
I make myself totally available. I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to listen to you. I'm willing to be second. I'm willing to be a servant. God, would you reveal to me what your will is for my life in the situations and the seasons and what I'm going through right now? And God, would you give every single person here the courage to live that out this week? Would we, ev- would we every single day this week carve out time for intimacy and privacy with you? Would we carve out time to listen to your voice, to know your will and your way for us? so that we can be a part of the kingdom work that you are doing around us, so that we can love our neighbor, so that we can be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Father God, that is what we ask of you today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. If you'd like to support Anchored Hope, you can make a donation at anchoredhope.church/give. If you'd like to connect with someone from Anchored Hope, go to anchoredhope.church forward slash high. Thank you for listening and God bless.